chapter 2, and uh, I told you early on I would just give you the gospel tonight, which is exactly what I'm going to do, and um, we never know, uh, service to service, who's going to walk in these doors anymore, and, and it's very possible on a night like tonight that we might have somebody come in that's visiting for the very first time, and doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and, uh, and we just, man, we love, love, love the great music that we've heard tonight. But I think it's wonderful when you can couple that with, uh, with the Word of God. And, uh, and so if you'll just give me about 10 minutes, and I'm serious about that, if you'll give me about 10 minutes tonight, I want to just share a truth. And, and to be quite honest with you, it's a truth that I've already shared with our church, and it's not been that long ago, but this seemed to be the direction that the Lord wanted me to go tonight. Uh, look at 1 Peter chapter 2 in your Bibles, and look at verse number 7. And the Bible says, unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed. And I want you to really pay attention to the wording here. The stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed." Let me tell you something else that's very interesting about this passage that we, we read tonight. Verse 7 of 1 Peter chapter number 2, there is also prophesied in Psalm 118. And you don't have to go there necessarily, but I'll read this for you. Uh, it's a wonderful passage. Psalm 118 verse 21 says it like this. I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. The stone which the builders disallowed or the, or the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. And then the Bible says in verse number 23, this is the Lord's doing. Uh, it is marvelous in our eyes. In other words, God, uh, God had a master plan all along that he had planned before the foundation of the world. And all of this was just going according to the plan of God. Well, I use this backdrop tonight uh, on purpose. And uh, one of the young men talked about going to Israel, and Lord willing, we'll be taking a group to Israel in December. And, uh, uh, and one of the things that we'll see there is, uh, is what's left of the temple and, and the wailing wall. And I, I wanted to, I, again, I just wanted to sort of put a picture in your mind tonight. Interesting tradition goes with this scripture that we read tonight uh, that's centered around the building of the house of God in Solomon's day. And history and scripture, I'll be honest with you, both, hand in hand, tell us that the temple's construction was made of stone. It was made of very huge stone. In fact, one of the temple stones, just one of those stones was said to weigh 570 tons. Just one, one of those stones, 570 tons. And then that just, that's mind boggling. When you think that this is long before the days of, of cranes and uh, and the heavy equipment and things like this, and that these stones would have to be put in place by just hard labor. Uh, every stone was precisely cut and created in the quarry before it arrived on scene. In fact, this is really hard to believe. But our Bible tells us in 1 Kings chapter number six and verse number seven, that when they built the temple, there was no sound of a hammer or an ax, or a tool that was heard while the temple was being built. Again, you'll find that in 1 Kings chapter 6 and verse number 7. Now, again, I'm just going somewhere with this. That means this, that every single stone was perfect. 
every stone was slid into place as the temple was being constructed, almost like you would put together a perfect, the, the perfect pieces of a puzzle. And man, that's a message all in its own right there. This is without a doubt a type of the perfected plan of God. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so wow, wow, what, what a story. Tradition tells us that at the beginning of the project, a great stone was sent up from the quarry. But the builders, for some reason, can find no place to put that stone, and it didn't seem to fit. And so that stone that was sent up became what was known as the disallowed, the disallowed stone. And they sort of pushed it to the side, and they begin to, begin to fit the other stones into place. As the construction moved forward, that disallowed, disallowed stone uh, really it got in the way of all the construction. And so they pushed it out of the way and, and then they needed a little bit more, more room and they pushed it out of the way. And, and finally, uh, they needed more room than that. And so finally, they sort of pushed it over the hill and out of the way and they forgot about that disallowed stone. As the construction got closer to being finished, they sent word down to the quarry and this is what they said, send up the cornerstone. Send up the cornerstone. And word came back, we've already sent the cornerstone. We sent it at the beginning. And those builders remembered this, oh no. That's the stone. That's the stone that we pushed over the heel. That's the stone that we forgot about. That's the stone that we rejected. That's the stone that we called the disallowed stone. And now with painstaking effort, they had to go back to the heel and they had to, they had to haul that stone to the top of the heel. And once they did, and once they got it to the temple, they found out that that stone slid perfectly into place. Man, what a story. Now we know what that's talking about. It's talking about Christ. He is that stone that was disallowed. He is that stone that was rejected. But here's my question tonight. Why is it that Jesus was so rejected? Why is it that this typifies our Lord? Why is it that, that he was that stone of stumbling and that rock of offense? The Bible called him not only the stone of stumbling, but the rock of offense. Why is Jesus and why is his message so rejected? And this is the reason, because the true gospel message reminds people that they are sinners who desperately need a savior. That's the gospel. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. You'll find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I, I went down and read that just to, to get my mind wrapped around it for this service tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tells us that the gospel is the death of Christ and the burial of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. And, and when the Lord Jesus Christ came, one of the, one of the things, one of the, the things that Jesus uh, showed people is this, that you need a savior. You're a sinner that's desperate for a savior. You know what that tells us, church? Your baptism won't do it. And your church membership won't do it. 
and being a good, you know, a good citizen. And I'm all for all of those things. I'm from being baptized and I'm, I'm all for you joining a church and I'm for you being a good neighbor and I'm for you being a good citizen and I'm for you getting involved in, in social programs and activities and all those type, kinds of things. But I'm just telling you that those things don't save and, 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 and giving a charitable donation doesn't save and, and being a good mama doesn't save and being a good old boy doesn't save. I'm telling you, uh, listen, here's what we better understand that we are sinners. We are sinners that are desperate. We are desperate for a savior. In fact, Isaiah said this. He said, our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Now you say, pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say there's not anything in and of myself that I can do to save myself. I am a sinner that is absolutely 100% totally dependent on the rock of offense. The building is not complete without that stone that's rejected. It's not complete. And boy, here we are living in the South and in the Bible Belt and what some would even call the, the buckle of the Bible Belt. And man, anymore when you ask somebody if they're saved, everybody says they're saved and they're depending on this and that and good works and church membership and, and doing, you know, doing good deeds and all those things. Listen to me, church. The message of the gospel is this, that we're sinners, we're sinners and we'll never be saved outside of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's why he came. That's what they're singing about tonight. That's why he came. That's why he came to this earth and for 33 and a half years lived a perfect, sinless life, never lied, never cursed, never had a, a, an unkind thought, never had a wrong thought, uh, didn't sin like you and I sin. He was the perfect, the perfect spotless lamb of God and he lived 33 and a half years on this, uh, on this sin-cursed earth. And the Bible says he not only lived, but he died. And he went to the cross of Calvary. And then here, there he became our sin bearer. And the Bible says that God took our sins and placed our sins on his darling son. And the Lord Jesus Christ bled and suffered and he died. And, uh, and all of our sins were poured upon him. And thank God he died. They put him in the grave. But just like they sang about a moment ago, hallelujah. Thank God on that third day, he came out. And that's what's so different about our message tonight. We don't serve a dead Savior. We don't pass around his ashes at the different shrines. No, I'm telling you, we have a Savior that's alive. He's alive. And the Bible tells us that he has victory over the grave. He has the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And if we're willing to put our faith and trust in him, we can be forgiven and born again. You say, Pastor, but I'm a, I'm a good person. You, I, and you know what? You probably are. There's a lot of good people in this area. But being a good people don't take you to heaven. And being a deacon doesn't take you to heaven. And being a Sunday school teacher doesn't take you to heaven. And being a good husband doesn't take you to heaven. Listen, it's all based upon what the Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. Our Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. That's why he came, to save sinners who could not save themselves. We cannot save ourselves. But oh, I've got great news. John 1.12 says, but as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. 
In Romans 10 and verse number nine, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Listen, friend, if you're here tonight and you've never been born again, you've never been born again. You may have joined a church. You may have signed a card. You may have went to, went to an altar. You may have went to a Sunday school class. You may have even served in a ministry. But if you've never come to Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, tonight ought to be the night. Man, just come and find him. In just a little while, the fellows are gonna come back and they're gonna sing a few more. And then after they sing tonight, we're gonna have, a, we're gonna have an invitation song. And, and if you're here tonight and you've never been saved, whatever you do, don't leave this place tonight. You say, you know, preacher, those young men were singing tonight, just young men, just getting started, but just sharp and seem to have a joy and a contentment and a happiness. And somebody says, man, what's that about? What is that about? You know what it's about? It's about knowing Jesus as your Savior. Oh, I want to tell you something, friend. If you ever get a taste of Jesus, nothing else will suffice. Nothing else. Father, we love you and thank you so much. Lord, that gospel message never gets old. Father, we're thankful for the gospel. We're thankful that Jesus has come and he's bled and he suffered and he died that we might have life and have it more abundant. Lord, I pray that you'll bless these young men as they sing for just a little while longer. And then, Lord, it could be there's somebody in this crowd that has never come to Christ. And so, Lord, before they leave this building tonight, Lord, please help them to come to Jesus. Father, please help them to realize that, Lord, it's not their good works. It's not being a good person. Lord, it's not just going through the motions. Lord, really, it's not even about just praying a prayer. Lord, it's about coming to faith in Jesus Christ, repenting, coming to him. And Lord, tonight, I pray that if there's one or maybe somebody watching by way of the live stream and they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, Lord, tonight, I pray will be the night that they'll come to that rock of offense and that stone of stumbling, which is Jesus. Father, fill these young men with the Holy Spirit now as they minister in song, and we pray you'll just come and help us tonight. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
my load is so hard to bear. I just lift my eyes to Jesus and I go to Him in prayer. Let me tell you about Jesus and what He's done for me. How He saved a poor lost sinner. Now my soul has been set free. What a miracle we were given some 2,000 years ago. God the Father sent him to us all because he loved us so. So let me tell you about Jesus and what he's done for me. How he saved a poor lost sinner. Now my soul has been set free. and what he's done for me how he saved a poor lost sinner now my soul has been set free how he saved a poor lost sinner now my soul has been set free If a king owned the cattle on a thousand hills, all the wealth of this world and the things that it gives, owned the key to a city with a street of pure gold. Tell me what could a a beggar lost in the dark I couldn't see the light of day but it was sure sweet of Jesus 
to pass by my way. And he gave me this brand new coat that I wear today. Tell me what could a beggar give to a king? And what could an outcast give one who owns everything? An old beggar could give nothing, nor a poor wretch like me. Oh, but God gave his son, a son gave his life, and the beggars go free. An old beggar could give nothing, nor a poor wretch like me. God gave his son, the son gave his life, and the beggars go free. Amen. Well, we got one more, and we'll turn things back over to Brother Pope. Once again, we'd like to say thank you all for having us. Uh, we've had a good time tonight. We hope you all can say the same. That's always a blessing when it works, works both ways like that. Uh, but I'm sure thankful for what God's done. That song talks about us being beggars coming to the King. And we don't deserve what He's done. We don't deserve anything He's done for us. Um, that, that verse that the pastor read talks about rejecting the cornerstone. And, and Peter uses that also in Acts chapter number 4. When he's preaching to to the the priests that have that uh, have imprisoned him and John for healing the lame man, and that's when he says, "Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved." There's no one else that can do what Jesus does for us. There's no one else that shed His blood for us, His sinless, perfect, precious blood for our sins. There's no one else that has done that, and that's why we have to accept that cornerstone. Because he's the only cornerstone. And this, this song says there's no one else that can do what he's done. And that's true for us tonight. die for all men's sin and be laid in a borrowed tomb. What man could raise up from the dead and ascend to heaven's throne? No one else could do what he has done. No one else could take the burdens from me. No one else could melt this heart of stone. It took Jesus and the blood he shed on Calvary. No one else could do what he's done for me. Who 
Whose blood could take a wicked heart And make it white as snow Whose love could take a ruined life And make it pure and whole There is only one man who can set a sinner free No one else could do what he's done for me Take the burdens from me. No one else could melt this heart of stone. It took Jesus and the blood he shed on Calvary. No one else could do what he sent for me. take the burdens from me no one else could melt this heart of stone it took Jesus and the blood he shed on Calvary no one else could do what he's done for me Hey, let's do this. Let's bow our heads tonight, if you would. And I'm going to ask Brother Abel if you'll come on to the uh, piano tonight. And we're just going to have a, a, an invitation song this evening. It could be there may be somebody watching on the live stream that needs prayer tonight. It could be there's somebody in this crowd tonight that needs prayer this evening. And uh, we've had a wonderful time listening to good, some good music tonight. But all of us don't miss the spiritual value of it all. And if you're here tonight... If you're here tonight and, uh, and you say, Pastor, I've never been saved. I've never come to that stone of stumbling and that rock of offense. And I've always sort of thought that I could sort of do it on my own. If I had, you know, more good works than I did bad works, then maybe the Lord would accept me into heaven. And I realize tonight it's dependent upon the Lord. And I need to come to Christ as my Savior. And with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, right before we go tonight, I wonder if there might be one here tonight, anywhere, or maybe by way of live stream. And you'd say, Brother Pope, if I died tonight, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure that I'd go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. I'm just not sure I would go to heaven. And I want you to pray for me. Is there anybody like that here tonight? You just slip your hand up and let me remember you in prayer. Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. I want you to pray for me. Anybody like that? If you're watching by way of the live stream, there's a number on the bottom of your screen right now, 704-327-5662. And we have some people that are waiting by the phone right now. They're waiting. And if you're watching this live stream, it could be you just stumbled by. I didn't even mean to, but you stumbled by and you sort of got interested. 
and you're watching this live stream tonight and you say, Brother Pope, I need the Lord or I need prayer. Listen, if you'll call that number right now on your screen, there'll be somebody, there'll be somebody be glad to pick up the phone and pray with you tonight. Could be there's somebody here this evening and you're struggling right now with something or burdened about something you need to pray tonight. Maybe you've got a heavy heart. So here's what we're going to do. Let's just all stand around the house with our heads bowed. And while Brother Abel plays, if you need to come to the altar, listen, the altar's open. And you come, and we'll be glad to meet you here and pray with you. Anybody here tonight? Pastor, just something heavy. Heavy on my heart. Or you're here this evening and you say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm going to heaven. Oh, listen, listen to me. <laughs> I've been there. I know what that's like. That's not a great feeling. Oh, but there's nothing like, there's nothing like going home at night and laying your head down on your pillow and knowing that you're on your way to heaven. You know, a few days ago when our family was was uh, gathered around the bed, my mother-in-law, and we knew death was getting really close. And yes, we were sad. There was sadness. There's always sadness when there's parting. But at the same time, can you have sadness and gladness at the same time? I think, I think the child of God can. And we were sad, but man, we were glad. Because we knew the moment she took her last breath, her last breath, which she was struggling to take, by the way, but oh, I want to tell you something. That next breath she took was unlike any breath she had ever breathed as she breathed in that celestial air. You're here tonight, and you say, Brother Pope, I don't know for sure if I took my last breath, my next breath would be in heaven. Is anybody like that? Without anybody looking, you just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you. Anybody? Come on, be honest. Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure I'm saved. Would you pray for me? Anybody? Anybody? God's dealing with you. I see a little hand. Anybody else? Anybody else before we go tonight? You can look up this way. I'm going to ask a couple of our personal workers just come down here in the altar just for a moment if they will. And we're going to sing this song. And this is a fitting way for us to end the service tonight. How many are thankful for that amazing grace? Amen. And we're going to sing this little chorus. This is amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And we got some folks down here in the altar with a Bible. And uh, listen, sometimes, sometimes folks raise their hand. Sometimes they don't raise their hand. And if you're here tonight, you don't know that you 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 know that you're on your way to heaven. Hey, I want you right now while we're singing, just step out. Just step out and come and there'll be somebody here to greet you with the Bible and we'd love to show you how you can know that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. We want you to go to heaven with us. That's what I'm saying. And I hope you'll come tonight. We're going to sing it together tonight. All right, and you give it your all. Amen, Calvary. Let's sing it together. Ready? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound 
that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now. Let's sing it one more time. You come if you need to come. Sing it. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now. Hey, would you raise a hand? Let's sing it. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. He's worthy. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. How many are glad you came tonight? Amen. <laughs>